Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. We're cruising through retirement. You know, we don't want to let taxes derail your retirement and estate planning. So on today's show, we're going to outline several strategies that could help you keep more of the retirement dollars where they belong, which is in your pocket. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary. He is an independent investment advisor representative, helping folks for more than 30 years. Silverleaf Financial is where you find him. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. Um, hey, Kevin, how are you? We're doing very well. We're excited to be here, Steve. Yeah, well, again, I love uh, I love how you're wanting to put more money back in my pocket or at least keep it there. I like that. And <laughs> You and, know what? That's where it belongs, right? Well, of course. But the, that's the beauty of working with an advisor. And and I, I, I'm not just blowing smoke. It just it just makes so much sense. And, and you've po- pointed this out so many times that, you know, you're independent, you're fiduciary, all of those things. And you... <laughs> You just, you just got, you just got our backs. That's all. You know what? I, I appreciate that. And that, that's certainly what I try to do. That's what I've been trying to do for 32 years now. And, and, you know, there's a lot of research out there, guys, that, that shows uh, that the returns of portfolios that are managed by financial professional advisors generally get returns in the, you know, about 3% higher on an annual basis than, than the self, you know, the, uh, the individual investors that do it themselves. Uh, but it's not just portfolio returns. It's also about helping you reduce your taxes, you know, making sure you're not paying a dime more in taxes and you're legally obligated to, is my opinion, uh, what you should be stri- what you should be striving for. I mean, who wants to pay more in taxes than they actually owe? And, and the fact of the matter is that as you're getting into retirement, the decumulation or the distribution of your assets is a totally different ballgame than the accumulation and growth of your assets that, that most people have been working on for the last 35, 40 years. And, and so it's important that we take a look at where you're getting hit with taxes and see if there's any way we can possibly reduce that burden. And again, ta- the tax horizon, the the, uh, the landscape, if you will, is uh, bound to change here sooner than later. So we should take advantage of the tax rates that are in place now and, you know, yes. maximize our, our, you know, Roth conversions and just a number of things before, you know, the bottom drops out. 
<laughs> no question. No question. And especially if you're on the higher end of the income scale, you know, uh, we've, we've all heard about the massive debts that have been ran up, um, you know, going through COVID and the stimulus programs that were enacted in the last administration and continued in this administration, that has put a, a ton of money out there, which in my view is what's causing the inflation is all the money that's been created through those stimulus programs. Uh, in addition to, to, to the war in Ukraine, and, and that's just exacerbating the, the, the price inclines for oil and gas, because uh, they're obviously big producers in, in Russia of oil and gas. And that in between the two of them, they're two of the biggest producers of wheat, which, is, which goes into a lot of the food that you buy at the grocery store, which is also causing, you know, contributing to the inflation. So, so what we want to do, we're already paying more out of pocket, right, when you buy something. So let's see if we can save a few bucks on the tax side of things. And, and, and like Steve said, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that taxes are going to be going higher over time. And I think most people don't realize or, or maybe you forget that tax rates are actually, from a historical perspective, are very low. Go back and take a look at tax rates in the 1940s and 50s. If you want to realize how high they could be, take a look at where they were you know, after World War II. You know, some of the highest income earners could pay 75% in taxes. Wow. And, and, and we're nowhere near that. We're half that, essentially. And, and so, but obviously, I'm not trying to say, hey, it's great to pay taxes. But the fact of the matter is, the, all the programs the government provides, keeping the, you know, the highways, the bridges, the roads, you know, fire and medical and national defense, it all takes money, right? And, and so um, I'm all for, you know, keeping those things working the way that they should, but I don't want to spend a dime more in tax than I should either. So what we want to do, uh, if you're like most people, you got a number of different accounts. You might have a, a 401k as well as a Roth 401k. Maybe, maybe you've got an IRA as well as an HSA. And if you don't know what these, all these acronyms are, then <laughs> just reach out, give me a call. I'll be happy to go through it with you. Um, but what we want to do when you get into retirement, the focus is now to decumulation, right? Because your paycheck stopped when you retired. Now you've got to support yourself and pay your bills and, and have fun along the way. And we want to make sure that we're taking the money from the account that makes, makes the most sense, which in my opinion is going to involve looking at the tax consequences and looking at your tax burden. Because if we can possibly structure it, maybe we can take a few years you know, where your only income is your social security and distributions from a Roth or an HSA. And if you can get by on the money on, on those funds, you wouldn't have to pay tax on your social security that year. That right, right alone right there will probably save you four or $5,000 in taxes that you'd normally pay in your social security. Okay. So that's just one example of, of, of good planning and how it can help you uh, that you might not, it may have not occurred to you if you're doing it on your own. 800-975-6717 is the phone number, folks. 800-975-6717. So let's talk about the market. It's been, um, you know, I think that I even used the word here in these notes about tumultuous. It's been a little, uh, it, I mean, the roller coaster continues, huh? It, yeah, you know what? That's a really good word, tumultuous, because that's exactly what it's been. And, and and if anybody's, anyone that's been listening to the show um, you know, I've been saying for a while that, you know, all year long, I think, uh, that the market is going to be, is probably going to continue to stay volatile. And this, this is what this, this is, that's what I mean. Um, we mean the swings, the high percentage moves up and down. Um, and, and we, I say, we've kind of been going sideways. And essentially what I mean is that we've been trading in this range on the S and P of around 4,100 to around 45, 4,600. And we, we seem to have been stuck in this range for, for the last few months. Um, and, and, and one thing that I like to look at is like technical indicators that you look at, they show you support and resistance levels. Uh, and then we get these things called the moving average price. Uh, but 
they they might sound you know like there's some uh, I don't know cr- crazy ideas or something. Maybe they don't make sense to a lot of people, guys. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of professional traders and professional investors trade off of these signals. They make their buy and sell decisions based on these indicators. There's a lot of algorithm. Algorithmic trading is a very very big thing. Uh, a large percentage of the trades on Wall Street are generated by com- by computer algorithms, and a lot of those are pre-coded using the support levels in the market. So when you're watching something and you see all of a sudden it just cascades, in other words, the volume just explodes off the charts and you see a big move either direction, that more than likely is algorithm trading, all right? It's not a human sitting there saying, hey, I'm going to buy or sell. It's a computer, okay? The index today closed, it just closed at 4,500. And if you, if you look at the way it's been bouncing around, um, it's a key level. And and we want it to hold above that level. It's it's okay if you know, like we went down to you know went forty or fifty points below the average and come back. It's really the close that the market uh, that the mar- that most people use as an indication uh, for technical trading. It's the closing price generally, you know. And everybody has their own flavor, if you will. Um, but we would like to see anybody that's bullish should want to see it maintain this level. And so the 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 interesting thing is that Nasdaq is already in a bear market. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say a bear market in terms of being below the 200-day moving average, not that it's 20% off its high, which is one definition. Um, so it's a little bit unusual that we have NASDAQ that's below and the S&P that's above. So, so everybody's trying to figure out which one, you know, which one is right. You know, is NASDAQ correct in that, in, in other words, implying that the S&P is going to go down from here? Or is the S&P correct, suggesting that NASDAQ is going to come up from here? And, and that's what all of us are trying to figure out, Right. But in the meantime, we've got to make money and you want to try to, you want to get, get to your goals, right? So one of the things that I like to do in a market such as this is to get into stocks or companies or funds that pay nice dividends. Because if you've got a market that's not really going anywhere, you're, you're not going to, it's going to be difficult to make money on price appreciation. So if you can at least get some nice dividend income coming in, that can help sustain you and grow your account while the market is still going in, a, in, in sort of sideways action. And guys, there are several funds out there that that I'm involved with that are paying six and seven percent dividends, uh, and and their prognosis looks very good. They've been performing well. So if you'd like to talk about something like that, certainly that's just give me a call or reach out, send me an email. I'll be happy to talk to you and share and, and provide you some information, some ideas. Sure, you can reach out to Kevin on his website, SilverleafFinancial.com. Go ahead, check that out, SilverleafFinancial.com. So, uh, all right, so volatility continues. I like the uh, the comparison there, the, the sort of, uh, you know, the the comparing the S&P to, the, to NASDAQ and what one is going to lead the other, or maybe they're just going to be the way they are. They could, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, don't, I don't know that, but. Sure. Well, you know, the truth is, Steve, none of us know. Yeah, that's a fact. Nobody knows. I don't, I don't care. Warren Buffett doesn't know. You know, Elon Musk doesn't know. Nobody knows the day to day short term, short term movements. None of the analysts or strategists. If you watch CNBC, uh, the business channel, you'll listen. You can hear the analysts uh, and, and the strategists coming on all day long. And, and all of them generally will admit no, that nobody knows short term. That's why everybody talks about long term. Because it's impossible to it's impossible to, to predict the short term activity because it's subject to headline risk and headline risk is exactly that. What is the headline going to be tomorrow morning? You know, on the front page of the papers or on uh, you know on the first page of whatever website you're looking at. Sure. What is the news going to be tomorrow? What's it going to be next week and the week after? And 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 so the day to day short term move moves right now, for instance, 
are being impacted by Russia invading Ukraine. And, and that, that's the biggest thing. Uh, also, the Fed, you know, of course, the Federal Reserve has started to raise interest rates. Um, there's a lot of talk out there right now that the market has not priced in all of the hikes that are supposed to be coming. Uh, because at early on, like the beginning of the year, they were forecasting four interest rate hikes of a quarter point apiece for one point total, right? Yep, that's what uh, I thought too. <clears throat> then they bumped it up to six or seven for a total of like 1.75 points. Now we're up around three percentage points in the talk of what is expected. So in other words, the federal funds rate, which right now is at a half a point, is expected to be at three and a half to three and three quarters in the next two to three years. Okay, so we're talking, we're talking over a few years, not overnight, but that's what the market's trying to figure out because as interest rates go higher, that generally will bring down valuations in the stock market. Uh, and, and so that's why a lot of people are trying to anticipate, you know, maybe you should have some, should you have money in bonds or should you not have money in bonds as interest rates are going higher because, you know, bonds might lose money. So, so there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of uncertainty. And so you want to be very careful. I don't know if I, uh, you know, for anybody looking for anything in the near term, meaning the next year or two years, I don't know if I'd be adding new money to the market. All right. If you're looking further out three years or more, I think, I think you continue to go ahead and, and add to the market, build your portfolio, um, and, and, and just make sure you know exactly what you're buying and what you have exposure to in terms of which sector you're in. Kevin, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a story um, that, about bond inversion. And, you know, everyone, what the story basically was saying, well, when it does this, this is a precursor to a recession. There's just no two ways about it. Is that something right. that, that, I mean, do you see that? You probably saw the same story. Yeah, you know, and I've been watching it, and 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 I knew I, I saw, I, you know, because I, I watch this is what I do pretty much every, you know, <laughs> every that's your day. job. Yeah, I get it. It, it is it, every day, and, and on the weekends too, for what it's worth. Um, it, you know, it's basically it's my hobby, it's my pastime, it's what I do, and um, and and it's also my full time job. And and the thing is, and and you're right, the inversion of the yield curve um, typically signals a recession. Now, now the signal generally happens a year to a year and a half before the start of the recession. Okay, so it so it gives it, it indicates it quite a ways out in advance, and 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 what we're talking about for those of you not familiar with it, one thing that you the first thing that you should realize is that there's not just one yield curve, okay? And let me give you an example, a, pre, a predominant one that people talk about um, are two, like like for instance, let me step back a second. The yield curve, the way it would work in an ideal situation is that your shortest term rates, let's say like your three month or six month rates you know, are the lowest. Okay. And then they gradually go higher as you go out in duration or, or length of time. So the two year, you know, the two years should be higher. The five years should be higher than the two, the seven higher than the five, the 10 higher than the seven and so on. So the longer the period of time that should be in an ideal situation, that should be your highest interest rate. So you have a nice steady increase in the rate as you go out longer in time. When you get an inversion, it means that the shorter term rate like a one or a two or a three or a five-year rate is actually higher than the 10, the 20, or the 30-year rate. So the bond market is telling you by the, by the shorter-term rates being higher than the longer-term rates, the bond market is predicting or maybe forecasting that the economy is going to go into recession in the next year to year and a half, right? And that means the economy is slowing down. Technically, a recession means that we have negative growth for two sequential quarters. Okay, it's not the end of the world. It, it means the economy is slowing down. And, and the thing you got to step back and realize, guys, is that the Fed is raising rates because the economy is so strong. It's incredibly strong. 
The labor market results are seeing unemployment is at a 40-year low. Uh, jobless claims just came in at a 54-year low. Lowest they've been in 54 years in terms of people, you know, filing the jobless claim. Sure. So, so we have a very strong economy. And, 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 you know, we have many, many more job openings than, you know, than we have people to fill them. And we've heard, all heard about wages going higher. And, and all this is, is contributing to the strong economy. So really what it means, it, it's actually a good thing that the Fed is raising rates because it signals and it verifies that we have a very, very strong economy, which is really what we want. We just don't want it to be this strong with inflation cranking at, you know, six, seven, eight, ten percent. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. You know, so, so what's the happy medium? Oh, gosh, it's a dance. It's a de very delicate dance. I do not envy any I do not envy, you know, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Fed. I do not envy him at all. He has got probably the hardest job in the world right now trying to trying to slow down inflation without sending the U.S. economy into a recession. And so that's what they call the soft landing. And, and a soft landing is slowing down the economy without going into recession. Um, you know, the last few times this has happened, they have not been able to do that. And so that's what scares a lot of folks is because we might go into recession. And if we do go into recession, typically the market is doing, does pretty lousy, you know, six and 12 months before the recession. Once the recession actually starts and, and all the books and newspapers declare, hey, we were in a recession, guys, by that time, you're looking in the rearview mirror. By the time we actually know we're in a recession, it's already happened in the past. Okay, so by that time, my view is that that would be the time you'd want to be buying the market, all right, if you're a timer. Now, now, now one thing I want to mention, it is very, very difficult, if not impossible, to time the market because you think about this. You don't just have to time one thing. You have to time two things. You have to time when you buy and when you sell. So if you sell because you think you've got to get back in at a better price, now you got to do a good job in executing that buy, right? So it's twice. You can't just be right once, right? You mm -hmm. have to be right twice. Right. And, and, and so very, very, very few people can do this. And, and, and most advisors, most professionals will tell you, don't try to do that, you know, because the fact of the matter is, you know, some of the stats out there, guys, uh, and, and I could put them together, but, but I want to say the statistics show, show something like if you miss like the top 20 or 25 trading days of a market, you basically miss all of the game. All right. The gains in the market come very fast. You know, so we'll have big up days, big up days. All right. So if you miss those top 20 trading days, chances are you're going to miss out the majority of the positive return on the market. That's why people say don't try to time it, because we all know, looking at the research, that if you miss those couple of weeks of the best days, you've pretty much missed it. All right. That's why people that's why the advice is just stay in the market, keep the money in there, keep investing. Assuming you've got a long time, you know, a long time uh, time horizon, and that you're comfortable with the ups and downs, the daily swings of the market. Okay. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I know it can be, I can be difficult. Uh, you know, I, I, I try not to throw out too many statistics uh, on, on a show that you listen to because it can be difficult. Um, but you know what, guys? The nice thing about a podcast, you can go to my website, you can listen to it any time of day or night. And, and, and if you want to back up, the, back up the machine and listen to it again, you can do that. It's just this catalog of great information covering, you know, all things retirement. It's quite lovely. Oh, you know what? I, and I appreciate that. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do is and, 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 and putting the record out there. We, I keep several. So the last few months of shows are on my website. And guys, you can go out there and listen to a show from a month or two months ago. See what I was talking about. And you've got history on your side that you can check it and see, was I right or wrong? Right. right? You, exactly. You know, did, was, that a good, was that a good suggestion or not? Go back and listen to them and you'll be able to tell. 
that's the reason I put out some of my stock picks. You know, Zim, Zim, Z-I-M is one that I recommended in January, which by the way, I'm out of for the record. Okay. Um, I sold it this week as transport started to sell off. I, I got out of 65 and change. Um, and I, maybe I'll get back in too, by the way. Um, but one, so, so the reason I did that though, I think it was January 6th or 7th. I recommended it at $56. It went to 88. Okay. In those, in the couple wow. months afterwards. Uh, and in the last week, it's paid out a $17 dividend. Okay. Now let, let me mention something to somebody. If anybody is playing this at home and you look at that dividend, you're probably going to notice that your brokerage firm took out some of, took out maybe 20, 25% of your dividend for something called foreign tax. Okay. Cause Zim is an Israeli based company. So when you have a foreign based company, some of these other countries require that the brokerage firm withhold tax on things like this. The good news is you don't actually have to pay that tax. You just have to remember that you've already paid it because it was automatically deducted from your account. And so when you file your tax return, uh, you know, it, so when you file your tax return for that year, just remember to claim it because you can actually offset it as a credit. In other words, I don't know if it's 200 bucks that you paid, you can get the 200 bucks back when you file your taxes. Okay. So it's, so you, so you just want to keep good records, make sure that you, you know, that you remember that. Um, but I just wanted to point it out because a lot of people probably haven't seen that before, but that's what's happening. Different countries, it's an obligation that we have, broker terms have, to collect that tax when it's a foreign holding. Mm -hmm. So uh, through the week, how uh, how has pure growth uh, fared? You know what? We've had a lousy week. We're, we, we lost 5% this week. Okay. So we have not had a good week. Now we're back to, now we're back to being neck and neck with the S&P. We're down about 5% for the year. Um, until this week, we were profitable. We, were, you know, we, were, we had a profit, albeit slight. Um, but no, we, we have been heavy. I think I mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, I was heavy in shipping in shipping and which in the shipping space, which Zim, you know, Zim is a prime example. That's a ship in the, in the shipping space, cargo, cargo, uh, container ships and, uh, the whole transport sector. If you look at like, look at FedEx is the biggest one, you know, look at the way the trans transports got hit hard this week. And so things in the shipping space got beat up as well. And that did take us down for the week. I do. I am thinking I haven't done it yet. But I am thinking about starting to add back, get back into those positions. I'm going to let it settle down a little bit first. I'm not jumping in right away, um, but I'm going to let it settle down. And I'm, I'm a little cautious here. As I mentioned at the start of the show, we're right at the 200-day moving average on the S&P. Uh, we're at the high end of the trading range we've been in for the last few months. So I am being very selective here. I'll, I'll tell you, what, just to give you guys a couple ideas, though, I think a few things you might want to take a look at that I've started building positions in is the aerospace and defense industry. Okay, with Russia invading Ukraine, I believe that's going to trigger a lot of nations. You know, for instance, Germany just really upped their defense budget. I think a lot of European countries are going to up their defense budgets. I think the U.S. is doing the same, and I think that should bode well for companies like Lockheed Martin and, and companies in the defense space. Okay, and and boy, there are some big ones too, aren't there? Oh, there's some huge ones. There are definitely some big ones, and um, you know, so I have I've already started buying some of those uh, in that space. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, guys, cybersecurity is another area that I think has a good long-term growth prospect. Okay. I think companies, I think businesses that can help your company fortify your computer systems, uh, I think that's a very, pro I think that should be a very good business going forward. And so those are a couple areas that, uh, that I am, uh, that I'm adding to, and then I plan on building over the next several months. I plan on these being longer term holds. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not looking at these as short term trades. These are going to be more longer term investments. Okay. Which which kind of is is a different than what you've been doing with with the pure growth. 
I mean, your, it your, is. your whole process was always, I'm, I'm in, I'm out. It, 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 that's, that's right. And I'll, and I'll tell you that the part, part of what's happened is that the environment that we're in right now isn't as, is not as conducive to that type of trading. Um, it's, it, you know, sometimes, sometimes these strategies work and sometimes they don't. And you have to recognize as an investor, what type of market you're in, you know, like last year was a fantastic year for trading. You know, that's why we were able to see, see over 35% growth last year. Um, but this year has gotten a lot more tumultuous, as we mentioned earlier, yes. it's and, and it's a lot more difficult. And, and guys, you, you, you do want to pay attention uh, and make sure you're not taking too much risk with your money because there are a lot of warning signs out there right now. Goldman Sachs just came out and said they, they see 5% possible upside, but they think downside could be 20, 25%. Oh, wow. all right. We've, we've got other people coming out with horrible forecasts, meaning that they think we're going into a bad bear market. Um, and there's a lot of things going on. You know, you think about the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. Okay. So, so like we talk about when rates are low, we say, you know, don't fight the Fed. You know, in other words, when rates are low and they're pumping out money, that's when you buy stocks. That's a great environment to buy stocks, which is what we've been in. We also, I also want to remind everybody, don't fight the Fed when they're raising rates either. In other words, don't think you can figure out something that nobody else has been able to figure out. All right. And I think you want to be very careful. Um, you know, how much exposure you have to the stock market. I do think it makes sense to have exposure. I do uh, myself and my wife, uh, we buy the same things that I buy for my clients. And, but, but that's not every penny we have, right? You don't want to have every penny in the stock market. Of course not. Um, be, because we could get beat up. We are trading at a high valuation. We've got interest rates going higher. We've got the fed un unwinding their balance sheet, which means they're going to be selling $95 billion a month of bonds that they've been buying for the last several years. And they're going to keep on doing this for the next couple of years. So, so they'll be raising interest rates on the one hand, selling bonds on the other, which should also contribute to rising rates, which means that you want to ask yourself if you should own bonds in an environment like we're in right now. And if you can't own bonds to be the ballast of a portfolio, what do you do with the other money? And what I'm going to suggest you do is take a look at something called index annuities. All right. I think index annuities are a great play right in here. But you can't just go out and buy any one of them because, guys, some of them, some of them are lousy. All right, just just like you can't go out and buy every stock in the market because some of them will lose you money, right? A mm -hmm. lot of them will yeah, lose you money. Right. Okay. So if you're if you're looking at the the annuity space, you need to make sure you're talking to somebody that's got a lot of experience with the annu with annuities because they are very com they are complex complex products. Okay. There's a lot. There's different types of annuities. They're not all the same, and they don't all work the same. I like the ones that are called index annuities. They're kind of a hybrid because they will go up and make you money when the market indexes go higher. But if the markets go down and the indexes lose money, these are contractually guaranteed against, lose, against a loss. So you have a contractual guarantee. You cannot lose money due to the market going lower. Okay. So in other words, you've got safety. So, so what I say to people is, if you have money that you're comfortable investing for a longer period of time, that you don't need, you, you don't need all of it available to you, you know, for, for whatever you want to spend money on. All right. If you can invest it uh, and leave it there for, let's say, five years or seven years, um, then these might make sense if you'd be happy with five, six, seven percent, maybe eight percent returns. In other words, if you look back for the last decade, you could have seen seven and eight percent returns from these products. And I can show you the ones that have done it. All right. The good ones have shown those returns. But that's only about 20% of what's out there. I'd say 80% of it, I wouldn't touch it. All right. And, and so you want to be careful. Um, but the, the fact is, 
there are some really good ones and they will work like a different, they function like a different asset class. So that's why I said, you know what, if you look at bonds, if interest rates are going higher, chances are you're going to lose money on bonds. And the bond market tends to trade in very long cycles. Okay. I mean, decades, not months, decades. And if you look at the bond market, it has been in a 40 year bull market, basically since the early eighties. Think about when interest rates peaked until, until, you know, what, six, eight months ago, right? Interest rates going from what, 13% all the way down to zero. That was a huge, that was an enormous bull market for bonds. Okay. But as interest rates turn and go back up, we could be looking at the start of a very long, a very long bear market in bonds. And that means whatever exposure you have to bonds, you need to find something else, in my opinion, uh, unless you're buying a single issue and you're going to hold it to maturity. Okay. If it's Mm -hmm. strong, you've got a good coupon, you'll be fine. But if you're looking at funds or not holding it to maturity, we really should talk about whether you want to have bonds in your portfolio. Sure. Well, I like the indexed annuity. I mean, that makes so much sense for people. And and you're right. You got to make sure you're getting the right one. And I know, and I'm not trying to badmouth anybody, but I know that there are a lot of brokers out there who only want to sell annuities and have no yes. real concern for the client because they That's they right. want to fill their pockets and and yes. sell, and fund their retirement, not yours. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're hundred you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right, and that's why I always that's why I always suggest, and we've done many shows where I've suggested um, that one of the first things that somebody do does when they're looking for an advisor, pardon me, is find find out verify what licenses that person holds. Is she licensed to recommend insurance products along with securities, right? Or is he just licensed for securities and not for insurance products, right? Because obviously, what's going to happen if you're talking to somebody that's a stockbroker? And their only license is for stocks and bonds, things like that. They're not going to make a dime if you put money into an annuity. And they know that. And, and so they'll frame the argument in a way that, that will support them saying, put, put all your money in the stock market. And, and just like Steve mentioned, unfortunately, there's a lot of insurance guys that are only licensed for insurance. And annuities are virtually always in, uh, issued by insurance companies. Uh, some, there are some fraternal ones out there. But and, and by that, that's a different story. If you're looking at a fraternal one, they, they do not have the backup guarantee fund, just so you know. Um, but the insurance guys that just recommend those, they're, and, and like Steve said, maybe they're trying to do a good job, but at the same time, they're not licensed for securities. So they can't legally, they cannot talk to you about securities. And legally, they're not supposed to tell you to sell your stocks in order to buy an annuity. If they do, they've actually broken the law. So it doesn't stop a lot of them from doing it. Um, but my point is, I think you're best served by somebody that's licensed for both. Because then they can truly give you objective advice because they, they because it doesn't matter which route you want to take, they they will still be able to help you, which means they can still get compensated, right? Mm-hmm. So they can help you in either event. And that's I tell my I tell my clients all the time, you know, I hope it doesn't sound bad, but I don't really care which way you go or what you invest in. I just want you to be comfortable and I, I want to do the best job I can to find the best fit for what you're doing to help you reach your goals. Sometimes it's an annuity. Sometimes it's a brokerage account. It might be stocks. It might be it might be all mutual funds or exchange traded funds. It could be any number. It could be a guaranteed investment, flat out guaranteed, where you earn you know three percent for five years or something. Um, but I don't have an agenda. I'm just trying to do my best that I can to find the best fit to find the best solution that's going to help you get to where you want to be. Well, I'll tell you what, Kevin, as we sort of wind this thing down, uh, the way I, the way we started the show, I was just talking about, you know, your background, your experience, your, your, you know, how you really are, you know, got our back. And, and at the same time, you know, you, 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 because you're a fiduciary, you, you do 
um, really take care of us, and you do that because you because you have to. Well, I know you want to, but you know, yes. again, it's it's just all there for you know for from a law standpoint, and I think that that's that's so important for people to know. It, it it really is, guys, and and really do yourself a favor. Make sure you understand the licenses that are required for an advisor such as myself, and make sure you realize that not everybody is is licensed on both sides of the aisle. Okay, because a lot of people aren't, and also a fiduciary. Only about half the industry is fiduciary is uh, works under the fiduciary obligation, which is the single highest ethical standard we have. So you want to make sure you're aware of that. If you choose to go a different route, that's your call. I just want to make sure you're aware of it, and then you can make an informed decision. Right. Well, that's the key, isn't it? I mean, it's education. That's one of the things that you do so well is, you know, you're a teacher, I think, at heart. I I, I think so. I appreciate that. And, and you know what? I've, I've always believed that the more information you have, the better decision you can make. And, and you know, without it being overwhelming, uh, sometimes I know it can be overwhelming. So we just we just take it piecemeal. I'll, I always tell everybody it goes faster or slow as you want to go. I'm not a high pressure guy, but I do think it's important to educate yourself so that you know, you know, at, at least the basics. You know, and then you can find an advisor that that does truly have your back and will put your interests ahead of theirs as well as their firms. And if you're looking for some like that, please feel free to give me a call. I'd be happy to talk to you and let you know and show you how we do it. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. That's a great place to start. Silverleaffinancial.com, 800-975-6717. And, uh, you know, this is uh, Financial uh, uh, Education Awareness Month. Oh, is that right? It you is. Know what? I'll, I'll, I'll have to admit, I wasn't aware of that. So, I don't think anybody you know, is, but I saw a story about yeah. it, so and it stuck okay. with me. Okay. You, you know what? My in, in my life, every day and every week is financial. Of course education. it is. No, you make okay. a good point. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so, so every day, every day. <laughs> every day. What? Uh, so, I mean, again, uh, you know, I always appreciate your optimism, and, and what are you leaving us with now? You know, you know what? Take. I want to. I want to. As everybody, if you haven't done your taxes yet, a lot of us are looking at getting their taxes finished, and it's a really good time to look at your portfolio, look at where things are at, how they've done, and if you're not happy with how it's doing, it's a good time to reach out. Give me a call, and I can sit down and I can give you a second opinion. See if maybe you can improve somewhere. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains 
and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again. That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 